Today on the Travel Guys. In the travel news, Carnival Cruise Lines threatens to move operations offshore if they aren't allowed to sail. National parks are limiting entry this summer and we'll tell you about a new airline taking to the sky. Details next. At 320, we make those of you taking a journey with small children a little smarter as we talk with Babies Away. If you need help managing miniature travelers, these are the folks to see. The second half of the show, starting at 335, features Chris Elliott, consumer advocate, travel writer for USA Today, and Forbes magazine, among others. Our conversation includes Chris's change in travel advisory status for some, tips on how to resolve your consumer issues, and finally, the story behind how his consumer website got an F rating from the Better Business Bureau. Lots of travel news updates, great guests, and a few opinions sprinkled in. Welcome to a live Sunday afternoon hour with the Travel Guys. On the road again. Just can't wait to get on the road again. Welcome, welcome everyone to another edition of the Travel and Entertainment Guys brought to you by Sports Leisure Vacations. Mark Hoffman and Tom Romano with you. And yes, folks, we are live for what it's worth. You know, the thing about having a live broadcast is you Uh never know who is going to screw up next (laughs) or first. (laughs) You sounds like a man who has done a few his share of live broadcasts over the days. It's about anything. Anything can happen. I how mean, many, how many it, times did you go out in a shopping center parking lot or do a remote at the opening of a business? Or so, you did a lot of top forty radio and and stuff back in the day. So you, you you must have had your share of those. Oh yeah, yeah. Of course, back in the early days, everything was on the telephone. And the oh, thing is, yeah. is that back in the, back in the really early days, you didn't have cell phones. So you had to, you know, like mooch mooch the phone in the kitchen of this of the spudway or whatever it was that you were doing a, a remote broadcast for it. Unless you were, you know, at a radio station and had the truck with the big thing on the top and, uh-huh. and all of that. So but anyway, I mean a lot of people go, What's the what's the advantage of listening to a live show uh versus one where everything is pre recorded? And that is there's always that opportunity that the hosts, particularly with this show, could do something really goofy and and maybe either get fired or go to jail or anyway so we 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 live right on that edge on this show on a regular basis my friend so welcome to the edge mark house things at sports leisure what's going on over there well they were fine until now i think i probably should call my lawyer and have him (laughs) standing by everything is fine at sports leisure vacations uh the we talked a long, uh, for a long time about, you know, when people would start traveling again. And they haven't – well, they have started traveling again. Some really crazy people have started traveling again. Some people are being a little bit more careful and a little bit more uh, nuanced about where they're going and when they're going and stuff like that. But there's no question that for the summer people are anticipating the fact that uh, they're, a large percentage of the population is going to be vaccinated and that it's going to be reasonably safe to travel. 
and and I I would tell folks um, those who are sports leisure travelers you're going to get a, a video a video update will be posted to Facebook and our website on Monday so if you'd like a little bit of an update there and then you'll get a newsletter by mail in mid May but for those of you who are thinking about traveling this summer and you're saying well you know I'm gonna I'm gonna find a good deal you better start looking right now because the demand is going to exceed the supply this summer and probably into the fall and probably into next year. So once the bargains are gone, there probably won't be a second wave of bargains because the travel providers won't need to do that. And for speaking as one of them, for all of those of us who have lost a lot of money for the last year and a half, the opportunity to maybe get a little bit of that money back um, I, I don't think that too many people will throw that out the window. So you can you can expect that airfares right now. Airfares are already up to where they were, a little higher. Car rental uh, car rentals are ridiculous. Uh, hotels are still a bargain in many places. If you're reserving for the next month or so, you can still get some pretty good deals. But after that, the prices are the prices are going to reflect regular summer prices and perhaps a little bit more. So if you're thinking about something, you probably should, should jump in there as soon as you can. All right. Good advice. Well, at the top of every Travel Guys radio program, where we bring you up to date on what's been going on in the travel news. And with the travel news, here with the Travel Guys, here's Mark. Well, the, temp, the cruise lines have thrown a temper tantrum over the last couple of weeks. Uh, it accelerated last week. First, first Carnival says, well, we'll just move our ports our home ports out of Florida and out of the United States, and we'll move them offshore. And so then NCL says, well, you know, maybe we'll just do the same thing. And I think this is all a monstrous bluff. Um, moving operations to start and in cruises from one place to another is not something you would do in a couple of weeks, I'm going to suggest to you, and especially not with COVID going along. So this is it's kind of becoming a little bit of a poker game. Um, Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg is, is representing uh, the government in all of this, and the cruise lines, of course, are are trying to rant and rave and, you know, like I said, get over in a corner and kind of tear their hair out and stuff like that. DOT says that cruising could resume midsummer. The, ship, the cruise lines are mad about the fact that uh, the government has said, all right, you can get back in the water, but before you do these testing cruises, remember we were talking about those a few months ago, Tom? Mm-hmm. That the, the put some people on the ship and, and run around in a circle and see how it all works. Well, before they can do that, there's a certain number of regulations and stuff that they have to show that they're ready to do. And the cruise lines are saying, well, this is arduous and you didn't make the airlines do this. And the cruise lines are saying, well, I saw a headline. The cruise lines just want to be treated like the airlines. Well, that would be fine if they were airlines, but they're right. not. No. And people don't get on an airline and stay there for seven days. I mean, hopefully. No. Um, so hopefully, yeah, hopefully. And so the cruise lines are very different and they, they need to cool their jets a little bit. And, you know, I'm probably some mutual blame here on both sides. The government needs to address this issue and tell these people how they can get back in business. And then the cruise lines need to go and to try to do that. And hypothetically, you'll have some people back in the water. I will point out that. While cruise lines have started up in other places periodically over the last six months, most of them have shut down pretty quickly because they've found out that they couldn't control the COVID situation. So let's not have another situation where we've got a cruise ship floating around out in the water 
and trying to decide you know where it's going to go or something like that. I think that's what everybody hopes to avoid. We are going to have our friend Gwen Duncan on next week, who is a cruise expert, and she is going to uh, talk about she'll take the cruise line side and I'll take the passenger side and we'll we'll have a discussion and see what happens. And I'll have the referee's whistle. <laughs> And the striped uh, shirt to uh, referee this uh, this particular battle, I guarantee you. That's next Sunday. <laughs> next Sunday on the Travel You're Guys. You're on the Travel Guys. Uh, uh, okay. Tahiti says they're going to reopen to international travel in May. They had shut down. Uh, they had opened up last late last summer, been open for a few months, had to shut down again. Uh, and so they are planning to reopen to international travel in May. You will have to be vaccinated in order to be able to go to Tahiti. Uh, here's an update from Clayton Whitehead at Sports Leisure Vacations. Clayton's one of our road reporters here. He says uh, intended a Zoom meeting, attended a Zoom meeting last week uh, by some of the Broadway, with some of the Broadway players. Uh, shows will have staggered start times to ease crowding on streets in Times Square. Most Broadway shows will reopen September through November on a staggered basis. Some, some shows will wait until spring rather than suffer through January and February. That's a reference to the fact that in that time of those times of the year, uh, things tend to be rather quiet on Broadway. I don't know if that'll happen this time, though, because there's a lot of pent-up demand. Of course, if you have a bad show, and it will only take people a short period of time to figure that out, So, uh, and things will be back to normal. But I know that a lot of folks, um, particularly on the East Coast, where they can go to New York easier than those of us on the West Coast, really miss Broadway. The Music Man will open at the Winter Garden Theater uh, on December the 20th of this year. Uh, that's the previews, and it will open formally in fe- uh, in February. Hugh Jackman is going to play in that story about a river city, which uh, many folks kind of feel like Music Man is kind of Sacramento's adopted uh, adopted musical. So that's going to start on Broadway in the uh, in the winter. We have tickets to see it in April. If you're going, if you're hoping to see the Music Man on Broadway, hint, hint, the tickets are going to be a hot item. The Giants have opened up. In fact, they play as we speak. And uh, I missed this last week to to share this with folks. You probably already know this by now. But in order to get into the ballpark in San Francisco, you have to be vaccinated, or you must have a recent COVID test and a proof of a, a negative test in order to get into the ballpark. That's happening in a lot of places. Seat blocking is ending. Delta Airlines has told folks that while they have told everybody they would block seats until the end of the month, in scheduling situations, i.e., if they cancel a flight to your destination and there are a whole bunch of people who need seats, then the middle seats might go away and be filled up. So Delta is saying that in selected situations, they may fill the seats between now and the end of the month. At the end of the month, they will cease being the only carrier that is blocking seats. Disney open, reopens on April 29th with the Grand Californian Hotel and Spa, and also uh, some of the aspects of Disneyland will reopen. Tom, did you say you had family down there this weekend? I do, I do. My Disney daughter, Sarah, and her husband, Jer, uh, are at uh, California Adventure. They had that that uh, kind of a food festival thing. There's no rides open. Uh, it's strictly... Uh, shops and uh, and food, uh, and uh, they're also uh, going to visit Knott's Berry Farm. They, farm. They have a, uh, I think it's a blueberry kind of a blueberry festival going on there, or a boysenberry festival, some sort of berry, uh, and it, it's similar kind of deal. You know, this gives those real hardcore 
Disney fans an opportunity to be to be in the park, you know, and, and kind of kind of get their get their feet wet um, and, and 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 enjoy the atmosphere. Downtown Disney is open. A lot of the restaurants are open, uh, mostly with outdoor dining, with some indoor. Uh, but right now, you know, from the from the text messages and photos I'm getting back, they're having a swell time. The flight down on Southwest was pretty busy, uh, but everybody was wearing their masks. And, uh, you know, uh, Sarah, a lot like the rest of the Romanos, is a are very cautious folk. And, uh, you know, it, it, let's put it this way. If Sarah can go and enjoy it and do it, uh, those that are extremely cautious should be able to uh, to feel comfortable uh, taking taking a shot at some of these outings as well. Well, an air, and the act of flying itself really doesn't make me uncomfortable and hasn't the whole time. It's the going through the airports. Uh, but even that, having done it a few times, um, doesn't make me as uncomfortable as I thought it would. But then again, we also don't have – the people who are flying now, I think, are people who are making an effort – um, you know, they're a little nervous about things, and they're trying to make an effort to follow the rules and do what they can and, by and large, and, and be mindful of, of other folks. We'll see what happens when we get to the summertime. And uh, the little mini travelers, like we're about to talk about in the next segment of the program, uh, join the bigger travelers at the airport, and things get more complicated and all that stuff. We'll, we'll, we'll see how things hold up when that happens. Hopefully... Enough people will be vaccinated by then that this will all be in the rearview mirror, I would hope. Somebody asked me a question yesterday. Uh, we were talking about TSA. I was checking how busy it was at the TSA line and so forth. And and I and you would know this, so I don't need to go to TSA to get this. You go to the TSA. You're checking in. Uh, you show your driver's license. You're wearing a mask. Do you have to pull your mask down so that they can see who you are? Yes. Okay. Yes. yes. So In you, most you have, cases, you to, the TSA people hold your ask breath, you. Hold, hold your breath and expose your face. Well, yeah. I mean, you're not supposed to pull your mask down and go <laughs> all over the TSA people. That would be popular. <laughs> but, I mean, you don't have to stand there and, Right. You know, well, you know what them. I mean. Well, yeah. Okay. I mean, just conjured up this mental image of people, right. all these For people saying, the travel know. guys told us to hold their breath, and, you know, we've got ambulances showing up at TSA check-in <laughs> because people are passing out, and they're... Okay, anyway, you were talking earlier about people getting, you know, fired on the radio. <laughs> that would be a good way to, to start the process. Southwest Airlines, pe- speaking of people not getting fired, Southwest Airlines has recalled 2,700 flight attendants for the summer. Uh, Delta Airlines has told every single one of the pilots that they have put on furlough or who have taken voluntary furlough that they are likely to be working by the 1st of July. Uh, we have a new airline. Starting up, a velo or a velo can't find anywhere on the on the internet where that where somebody has spelled out how to pronounce this. It's spelled A V E L O. They're going to start out. Their headquarters is going to be the Burbank Airport uh, in Southern California, and uh, they're going to fly to places that don't generally have full size airplane service. So only from Burbank, uh, Santa Rosa, uh, Redding. 
Eureka, Arcata, or some of the places in California that they're planning on flying, uh, Bozeman, Montana, Mesa, Arizona, which is a small airport um, a little ways from the Phoenix airport. But anyway, we'll see how that happens. Um, new airlines kind of seem to come and go. This seems like a really strange time to try and start a new airline. IHG, that's the Holiday Inn Hotels, have announced a huge devaluation of points. Actually, they didn't announce it. You just kind of find it when you go to use your points. And here's a big story. Um, National parks. Last summer, national parks, any kind of park, wide spot in the road, people flock to those places. There are signs that's going to happen again this summer. National parks are taking some steps to try to counter that by trying to spread out the visitation a little bit so that people don't all get there at once. Yosemite National Park has announced that you're going to have to get uh, reservations to four day trips. If you're staying in the park, you're walking or biking in, you don't need a day pass. But if you're just driving out of Sacramento, going up for the day and spending some time there, you will need a pass to get in. They cost two bucks. You can get them from recreation.gov. They will be limited in number. So if you're planning a trip to Yosemite for the day, you need to think about getting a pass. The availability is staggered. Recreation.gov is where you can get more information. Also, Glacier National Park, if you want to travel the famous going to the Sun Road through that park or you want to go to Rocky Mountain National Park and play, uh, both of those parks are instituting timed entry uh, systems either to use the main highway or to go into certain areas of the park. This is something that I suspect we're going to see in all the national parks before very long. These are pilot programs. So if you're thinking about going to national parks and you've always been used to just driving up and going in, that will not be the case anymore. Uh, let me repeat a mantra that I've said a few times here in recent months. Do your homework before you go out on the road. More important than ever before, especially if you're going to a place that's popular with visitors during the summer, do your homework. And that's your travel news for today. Babies Away, next here on The Travel Guys. Hey there, it's Mark Hoffman and Tom Romano, the travel and entertainment guys, brought to you by Sports Leisure Vacations. Recently, I had a visit... Uh, uh, from our San Antonio daughter and uh, and fiance, uh, and uh-huh. in tow were a couple of young children, like uh-huh. five and seven. And the first thing that crossed my mind was, you know, I'm going to be loaning them the family car that has no children's car seats. And I'm going, well, what do I got to go buy car seats? What do you do? And my son-in-law mentioned something about, well, maybe we can rent them. So I went online and Googled rent car seats and up came a, a really cute name babies away and so i got a hold of these folks and rented car seats and they they delivered them they picked them up when we were done i thought it was such a great experience and i imagine there are a lot of folks in the same situation so i thought it would be great to have sophie lane Wearsbush. she's the owner of babies away uh, on the program to talk about the kind of things that Babies Away uh, has to offer and so forth. Sophie, welcome to the Travel Guys. Thank you for having me. Sophie, tell me, uh, when and how did Babies Away start, and what is it that you guys do? Yeah, so we are a family-run company. Um, we've been in business for 30 years. My dad's been running it for um, over well over 20. He was looking to, to buy a business and saw that this was a great opportunity, and um, so now we, we are a baby gear rental service. You know, we rent a lot of cribs, lots of car seats, as you mentioned. I'm so glad that you were able to find us, um, strollers, pack and plays, you know, 
Prenna, if you think of that it's something that you might need on your trip, we've got it. Wow. It sounds like that you've got a, a, an incredibly wide array. And also, Sophie, I know note from the website that um, you're all over the place. We are. We have over 90 locations. Um, so if we're, we're in most major metro cities and uh, resort locations, so lots of vacation rentals. What age children do you provide product for? You know, uh, basically we have bassinets for newborns. Um, you know, not a lot of families are traveling with the newborns, but newborns to up to seven. You know, we've got lots of toys, um, anything in between. So we've got the, the cribs, we've got lots of baby kind of items like exercisers and bouncy feet um, and even beach gear. So, you know, if you're going to the beach, you can rent beach chairs and umbrellas. So really all ages. Now I'm thinking to myself, okay, where is all this stuff? Explain to our audience where these products reside and how they find their way to the, the consumer who needs them at that time at a location, either at a home or delivered to the airport Give me an overview. So we have local operators in each of our locations. So it's local parents, local grandparents who know the area. They mostly store the equipment in their homes um, and everything gets cleaned and sanitized before it goes out and safety checks. You know, that's really important to us when there's little ones that are involved. And then very often we will, we'll just deliver it directly to, to someone's home. If it's a vacation rental, we will work with the local property managers so we can get access into the houses so that way everything is set up and ready to go before you even arrive. Sophie, what are the most popular items that people ask you for? I'd say cribs are our number one item that are getting rented. You know, um, if, if baby's not sleeping well, nobody's going to be sleeping very well on their vacation. So cribs are definitely number one. And I would say car seats and strollers are kind of number two and three. And safety gates are also really important um, with those those stairs that people are, or the houses that people are staying at with stairs. So it sounds like that there's a huge convenience factor here. Convenience is, is our kind of number one thing. You know, it's hard enough to travel with little ones. We want to, to make your life easier so you can actually enjoy your vacation instead of hauling, hauling everything around. Sophie, it sounds like you have you have found a way to fill a real niche. When I see people with children and all of that gear and stuff schlepping it through airports and things, yeah. I sometimes think, boy, there, there there must be a better there must be a better way. Sounds like that you found a little bit of that of that solution. We will put a link if you are listening and you have little ones or you know somebody who does. We will put a link at travelguysradio.com to all of the magic that Sophie and her company can create for you. If you have little ones, you already know what kind of magic you need. So go there and you can find it out. Sophie, thanks for taking a little bit of your time to talk with us on The Travel Guys. Thank you so much, and I hope you have a good rest of your day. Wow, if you travel with little people, that's mm-hmm. they've, they've got a lot to help there. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, uh, smart folks to find a niche there we are the travel guys uh, by the way follow along at travelguysradio.com we're going to hit the news here at the bottom of the hour and when we come back consumer advocate chris elliott talk about his change in travel advisory status i think you're going to find uh find interesting that's uh, and also uh, apparently chris got an f from the better business bureau we'll find out why on the travel guys coming up if you 
Hello there, my friends. It's Mark Hoffman and Tom Romano, the travel and entertainment guys, brought to you by Sports Leisure Vacations, as always. Thanks for spending some time with us. Been a while. Time to bring back our our favorite uh, consumer advocate and good buddy of the travel guys. Yeah, Mr. Chris Elliott. Chris, welcome back to the travel guys. Hey, how are you guys doing? Can't complain Chris, here. Chris, uh, you've been writing about a variety of interesting things we want to talk about um, here today. You've had a little spat with the Better Business Bureau, and uh, I found that rather entertaining. Uh, you've got some wisdom for people about uh, how to get results when they're when they're upset about something. But first, I want to talk to you. A number of months ago, you told people, look, you know, do not travel. This is not smart. It's not good. It's There's lots of reasons. I agreed with just about all of them. And uh, last Sunday, you said to folks, yes, you have my permission to travel. So what changed your mind? And give us a, a little bit of a rundown here of, of, of where Chris Elliott stands on all this stuff. Yeah. Well, last year, late last year, a lot of readers were asking me, you know, is it okay if I just you know, sneak in a trip to Mexico? It's open. I, I'd like to go. I want to get out of the cold weather. And finally, I just had to say, look, guys, you don't have my permission to travel. Not that you need it, but if you are asking me, I'd say stay put. And for a number of reasons that are totally obvious, probably to all of your Listeners, first of all, we had surging COVID cases. We had surging deaths from COVID. We had a CDC warning that said don't travel. The list goes on and on. So basically I said, don't travel. You don't have my permission. And that's where we left it. And that's how it's been until last Sunday. Now the country is getting vaccinated. Um, Here in California this week, our governor has said, Look, uh, come the 15th of June, we really expect this to be completely open. And there's no reason not to think that that that's going to happen. So that's kind of what we're pointing to. It appears as though um, for a lot of people, COVID has already gone away. I traveled to Seattle last weekend, uh, found uh, airports busy. Of course, it was a holiday weekend. We've had spring break. Uh, Let me stop and, and let you share what your thoughts might be. Yeah, I I think you said it best. I mean, we got the vaccine late last year, but that was not enough for me to revise my travel advisory. Uh, Number of cases peaked and then started coming down. Still not enough, though. And then finally, as more people start getting vaccinated, the CDC changed its advice on uh, people who could travel. And it basically said that if you um, have had the vaccine, it's okay to travel. I'm, I'm glossing over a lot of details, but basically if you're vaccinated, you're okay to travel. And all those things made me really rethink my blanket advice, which was to not travel. But basically, if you've had your shots, you're good to go. Let me make a good point there. Uh, I was traveling in the Pacific Northwest, which is a little different than the flyover states in the middle of the country in terms of attitude towards masking and some of the other things that we've tried to do to keep this this virus under control. Uh, I found in Sacramento, Seattle airports, almost everyone was wearing a mask. And the other thing that I, I thought was interesting, almost everyone was wearing a mask properly. If I go to my mm-hmm. local gym, I will find 25% of the people in the gym are not only not wearing a mask properly, they had no intention of wearing it properly when they came in the door. 
Um, whereas it seems, it feels to me, at least in West Coast airports, Chris, that folks have accepted the fact that there are some things that we need to do. It's hard for people to remember to social distance when they're in lines and things like that. So that's something that you have to kind of, kind of be aware of yourself is, and not all of the facilities are open in all of the travel places. Um, you know, customer service and things like that are, are still kind of a stretch. Most everybody is still on a skeleton staff, and and that means that customer service is a little hard to come by. Absolutely true. Um, and that's why I'm actually leaving tomorrow to go back east. I'm on our six-month road trip. We've all been vaccinated, so we're, we're going to see what it's like, and I'm going to report back. Chris, uh, by the way, if you're just tuning in, Chris Elliott, consumer advocate uh, guest here with the with the travel guys, Chris, what was the tipping point? What was that moment when, whether you woke up in the morning or whatever, uh, having breakfast and out for a walk, and you, you, the epiphany that you know what, I'm, I'm changing my my stance on on travel, and I think it's time to go ahead and share that with my readers and my audience and let them know because a lot of people, you know, they they're looking for advice from people like you and, and people like Mark as well as to whether they feel like it, it's okay to go. So what was the what was the tipping point? Oh, I remember very well. It was Friday morning, and I looked at the news, and it said the CDC had changed its advice on travel. And I said, okay, I know what I'm going to write about for this week, and uh, which is, as a journalist, is always like a big question. What am I going to write about? I knew what I was going to write about. And People should be asking people like Mark about whether or not to travel because, you know, he's, he's an expert. He keeps up on these things. You should be getting your advice. And this is like really an important thing. I think I want to underscore this because you know, I was on a, on a TV station uh, two days ago and we were talking about vaccine passports and they kept playing clips from, these conspiracy theory videos. And at the end, the guy was, <laughs> I don't know if this is smart or not, but he said, are we missing anything? Are there any other questions that you, sh- you think I should have asked you? And I said, yes, you have to watch where you're getting your news from, where you're getting your information from. Go to a credible source. You know, Mark is a credible source because he keeps up with these things. He's not sitting in his basement watching conspiracy videos. Neither am I. So make sure that if you, before you, I mean, I don't know, Mark, I didn't no, mean to I, speak for you there. Right I, on. Just keep going. You're doing fine. <laughs> I just thought to myself, maybe Mark is watching conspiracy videos. <laughs> no, I'm sure you're not. Um, and, and you know, make sure that you are getting information from a, a source that's credible and that you trust. Don't, you know, don't get it from, you know, my aunt sent me this and I got it off Facebook. That's not credible. And then... And only then make your decision about whether to travel. Well, that's great advice, uh, Chris. Uh, you know, you've always seemed to, you know, look to the CDC, uh, follow the science uh, rather than the politics in regards to your decision making. So, you know, your explanation, your answer, uh, your decision making, you know, is pretty much in line with uh, if people have paid attention to you with uh, with what we would think. And uh Thanks for that. So you got into a, a little bit of a hassle with the Better Business Bureau, 
Mr. Elliot, and they gave Elliot, Elliot Advocacy an F. What? For for customer response. And as a, as a man whose company has been a longtime member of the Better Business Bureau, I don't always agree with everything that they have to say or the way that they do things. And it appears that you guys got into a little bit of a kerfluffle. Would you would you like to uh, to set it up and explain to our folks what what ultimately happened? Oh yeah, this is a great man bites dog story. So um, we had a couple of weeks ago we had someone contact us who was uh, very upset with Amazon, and she used the customer contacts that we have on our page. So we we published the names, numbers, email addresses of all the executives. And she used those to try to reach uh, Amazon. They didn't respond. So she was very upset with Amazon. She was more upset with us. So she left a one-star review for us on the Better Business Bureau page. And the one-star review said, no wonder you have an F. You suck. Uh, and, you know, when you deserve to go out of business, I'm going to blow this wide open. Wow. So that drew, drew our attention to the Better Business Bureau page. It turns out that we had two cases where they had sent us, um, you know, a, uh, a problem from a consumer to which we had not responded. And that automatically meant that we had an F. So we went back and took a look, and it turns out that we had never received anything from the Better Business Bureau. They never notified us either by mail or by email. And we asked them to fix it. They didn't. So, of course, I wrote a story about it. A little bit of the power of the pen there. So what? Uh, yes. Yeah, so how did continue on? How did that uh, how did that work out for you? Well, after the story appeared, the Better Business Bureau was extremely unhappy with us. Um, they insist that they were just following their protocols. Um, and but the thing that they did was they immediately removed our page and they put up what basically amounts to an under construction page saying, you know, we're be, we're revising this company uh, page. Um, and we had a very interesting conversation with the uh, Better Business Bureau's general counsel. So this went way up to the top and he explained to us what their procedures were and that some of them we agree with, some of them we disagree with. And I'll just hit on the things that we disagree with. The Better Business Bureau allows you to go onto a company's page and leave an anonymous review. You know, and so uh, it could be anyone. It could be someone who is potentially not even a customer. Right. And um, that they will not remove that review unless you can prove that that person is not one of your customers. So uh, I have a problem with keeping a review like that anonymous we believe in full transparency so we're now kind of like there's a page for us but it's a non-profit page there's no star reviews there's no nothing we're just sitting there in cyberspace and and we're nothing you're off the grid we're off yeah we're kind of off the grid and i'm really happy about that actually um i think the the better business bureau might be fine for you know a for-profit business, but you don't want to be in the business of rating a competing nonprofit. So we're happy with that outcome. I get it. The Better Business Bureau is a lovely concept. It worked fairly well for a lot of years, but there are some holes in the way that they that they do some things now. And because I kind of have felt that way for a long time, I felt like your story, Chris, was kind of was kind of interesting uh, and, and kind of fell along yeah. that line. 
Well, and you know what? Um, the, the Better Business Bureau is being used by some unscrupulous customers to kind of harass and intimidate um, legitimate businesses. And, and when I put that story up, I was really surprised to hear from a lot of readers who said, oh, I've had the same thing that happened to me with the Better Business Bureau. They, they had this uh, disgruntled customer. The customer clearly said, I'm going to take you down and I'm going to use the Better Business Bureau to do it. And the Better Business Bureau allowed them to do it. And I think that that is a small problem that needs to be addressed. Here's the, here's the really interesting thing, is that the two comments that we had that we hadn't responded to, those weren't even for our nonprofit. They were upset because another company, uh, one of them was an online travel agent. They thought we were the online travel agent. So they had posted something thinking that we were the online travel agent. Wow. So they didn't even bother to look to see if, or if that person was a customer of ours. And I, I just find that very problematic. I told you we might have a few opinions sprinkled in here and there. <laughs> I should say. All right, coming up after the break, Chris continues with us here with the Travel Guys. You know, you remember the, 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 the adage, be nice to start with, save the nasty stuff till later on. That's where we're going to go next here on the Travel Guys. Travel and entertainment guys on the radio and at travelguysradio.com. Mark and Tom with you. Uh, and uh, let's let's keep it rolling, Mark. We are talking with our good buddy and friend of many travel consumers, Chris Elliott. All right, let's shift gears here for a minute. Um, one more thing that I wanted to, to, to discuss with you today. Uh, your you wrote a story about your son and a paper he was writing, and where he didn't quite get the response, the grade from the professor that he was looking for, and you kind of use that as a as an opportunity to educate people about uh, complaints and when you've got an issue and how you approach it and stuff like that. Uh, talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah. Well, you know, at, at first blush, this looks like something that has nothing to do with travel, but it actually has everything to do with travel. My uh, 16-year-old, who is uh, in college, he's at the University of Arizona, um, got uh, a zero on one of his assignments. And he was very upset about it. The professor sent him kind of a snarky note afterwards saying, you know, you deserve this. You missed a deadline. And he had not missed a deadline. There was some confusion. The teacher had offered him an extension and there was a little confusion. So I, my son wanted to send the professor a, a scathing email, uh, giving him a piece of his mind. And uh, I, I told him, look, you can do that and it might make you feel better but you're not going to get the result that you want. And the result, of course, was he wanted to have a better grade than a zero. And so uh, I helped him write an email to the professor explaining that there had been a misunderstanding and that, you know, this was over a missed deadline. And the teacher had actually given him an extension on the deadline and had forgotten about it. And um, after a little bit of back and forth with the professor, very cordial, very polite, uh, no invective used, uh, the professor reversed his decision and gave him a 100%. If he had written that email and yeah. screamed at the professor, if you'd have written the email and screamed at the hotel general manager um, or picked up the telephone the whole time, and then you might not have gotten a result, but by toning it down a little bit and explaining the facts and calmly giving the person an opportunity to respond, um, which is something that you kind of advocate on a pretty regular basis, 
on your website. I, I maybe not everyone knows, Chris, that at Elliot.org you can find uh, not only can you write a note to your staff if you have something that uh, a consumer issue that you think you need some help with, but you there's a great help yourself section there where folks mm-hmm. can find executive contacts for gosh a huge number of companies, uh, many of them not travel companies, and, right, and can advocate for themselves. Yeah, well, that's one. That's our first mission is to empower people to solve their own consumer problems and help them if they can't. So that's our first mission is to empower people. We have a database of more than 500 company contacts updated constantly, and we publish the names, numbers, email addresses of all the managers so that if you run into a problem with an airline or hotel or any business, you can actually go and uh, find the vice president of customer service, that person's phone number in many cases, and call or email and get results. And um, and so the application for travel here is that, you know, you want to, one of the core tenets of what we do is politeness, is that even if you are angry, you don't want to do what my son wanted to do, which was to send an angry email. You want to set your feelings aside, be as polite as you possibly can, and then uh, politely negotiate a settlement that you, you want. And uh, that works much more often than the yelling. The yelling almost never works. The good thing about email is it's a wonderful opportunity to lay out the facts in a way that people could read it once and read the rest of your your letter and go back and say and, and read the facts over again and say, well, you know, maybe I should look into this. Uh, it, it's I think it's an excellent way to advocate for yourself, and that's why I just wanted to mention it here. It's kind of a cheap way of giving a plug to uh, your website, but it's the only advocacy site that I know of where people can go to and they don't have to just ask you for help. They can help themselves. And dare I say, I suspect that a large percentage of the people who go there do help themselves uh, because once in a while you you will publish one of these success stories there. Folks, you can catch up with Chris at Elliot, two L's and two T's dot org. It is a not-for-profit uh, website and operation. So every once in a while they have a little fundraiser. It gives you an opportunity to be able to show your appreciation. But there are a lot of there's a lot of material there, not just for people who have travel issues, but anybody who has any type of consumer issue. Chris, you used to be regularly in the Sacramento Bee, but since our paper doesn't have a travel section anymore, you can find him on a regular basis here, and there's always a link to his website at TravelGuysRadio.com. Thank you, Chris, again. Be safe. Thank you, sir. Well, as always, Chris Elliott, a wealth of uh, information, uh, gives you stuff to think about, and... Uh, I enjoy his uh, point of view, and I, I enjoy his stories about his family and so forth, which, you well, know, eventually relate to travel. We're, we're lucky to have him because, I mean, really, he is one of the biggest names in terms of travel writers in the country, and the fact that he comes onto our program on a regular basis is, is really very – I don't know that he gives anybody in the country as much time as he regularly – gives us so i'm i'm very appreciative of that um for folks who might be a little confused he mentioned his 16 year old son being in in college um he homeschools all three of his kids that's how they're kind of able to move around and travel i don't think any of them are actually college age at all one may probably is approaching that 18 19 but he's got three two boys and a girl and uh he's homeschooled them for a long time and 
uh, they are quite a bit ahead of where other kids would normally be in their schooling. So if that part of it didn't quite make sense to you there, that's what that means. You know, and a lot of people would think, you know, uh, what kind of a life would that be dragging your, your you know, your almost all teenagers uh, all around? I mean, but then stop and think about the life experiences and uh-huh. the the things that they see, not just in in the continent, in different places here in in this country, but they've been to Europe. Uh, they were in France when COVID broke out yep. uh, and survived all of that and, and then found their way back to uh uh, to the the west coast uh, to uh, Sedona and um, and then here we are and so. through all of that they're teenagers so imagine traveling around with three teenagers like that on a regular there must be there has to be a day or two when he wants to pull his hair out all right next week uh, Gwen Duncan will join us to talk a little bit about the pros and cons of getting the cruise ships uh, back in the water and we're also going to have a special spot a, a travel friend of mine was in a situation where she had to evacuate her home in the Black Hills very quickly and she has some tips that i think just might help some of the folks around here so until then dance like nobody's watching and remember folks travelguysradio.com for links to all of our special guests you stay well we'll see you next week here on the travel guys the travel.